0: Well, G'day everyone, welcome to The Journey this week. We've uh, launched into a new year, and I hope it's been a great start to a new year for you. But we're going to keep on keeping on here right over the uh, the holiday break, and if you're still on holidays, good luck to you. And if you're back at work and, and back at the grindstone and taking holidays later in the year, then good for you, and maybe you're not working at all. Maybe you're one of our our, uh, our retirees who listen into to the show each and every year. Maybe you're a person of leisure. Whatever stage of life you're at or in We hope that this week's show blesses you On what is the feast day of the epiphany of the Lord And that's the, the gospel readings that we've got for this this feast day We're going to hear in a moment from uh, from Max Norden As he reads this particular gospel reading The Visit of the Magi from Matthew 2, 1-12 to 12, As we come towards the end of the, the Christmas season More on that in a second But you're also going to be hearing from some really top people We're going to hear from Peter Guboia Peter is uh, an amazing guy, really successful businessman, and well, he's a, he's a lawyer. He's got, he's got a great group that he, he takes care of. But he's also a man who's had his life transformed by Men Alive, and he's one of the leaders in Men Alive Australia. And he's going to be talking to us today a bit of a testimony on, on prayer and how it's transformed his life. We're going to hear from Trish McCarthy. Milk and Honey is her segment. She wants to talk about what we're putting into our bodies, what we're made of, and, and the importance of food. Father Mark Di Battista is finishing off with a reflection from the last days, really. It finishes tomorrow of the short daily reflections journeying through this Christmas season. It had been Advent and now Christmas it was called Incarnate. And it's just been such a treasure trove of daily reflections on the scriptures that we, we have at Mass every day. There's a, a mass reading series that uh, each day goes through a, a reading from the Old or the New Testament psalm and a reading from the Gospels. And uh, this is our final one. This one in particular, Father Mark Debatist who's talking about the homage of the Gentiles. Important that we do so as we're, we're looking at the visit of the Magi today. Mother Hilda Scott, Wisdom from the Abbey. Great little story that she's got for us that she's called Chandeliers. Well, they're designed to light up very, very big spaces And we might not be called to do that We might be just called to to light up spaces that are in our uh, immediate vicinity You'll love what she's got to say Kicking us off though, we're going to hear from Father Rob Galia. He's going to talk about how Encounter changes things And in particular he's going to break open this Visit of the Magi reading Which we're about to hear from Max Norton, Matthew 2, verses 1 to 12 Lots of great music on the show too we could be playing some of Father Rob's stuff because he's a musician of note, that's for sure. But he's going to give us the gospel reflection. But following him, we're going to hear from Paddy Lovelace and the song Beautiful Star of Bethlehem. After the break, Mother Hilda Scott. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. Great you've joined us this week. The end of the first week of a new year on The Journey.
1: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. After Jesus had been born at Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod, some wise men came to Jerusalem from the east. "'Where is the infant king of the Jews?' they asked. "'We saw his star as it rose, and have come to do him homage.'" When King Herod heard this, he was perturbed, and so was the whole of Jerusalem. He called together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people— and inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. At Bethlehem in Judea, they told him, for this is what the prophet wrote, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, you are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you will come a leader who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summons the wise men to see him privately, he asked them the exact date on which the star had appeared and sent them on to Bethlehem. Go and find out all about the child, he said, and when you found him, let me know, so that I too may go and do him homage. Having listened to what the king had to say, they set out, and there in front of them was the star they had seen rising. It went forward and halted over the place where the child was. The sight of the star filled them with delight, and going into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and falling to their knees, they did him homage. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. But they were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod and return to their own country by a different way. The Gospel of the Lord.
2: And now, the Gospel Reflection with Father Rob Galea. I love the last sentence of this scripture verse, that they went back home through a different way. Why? I think it's simply because of the encounter they had with Jesus. The author is trying to tell us, when you encounter Jesus, when you experience Jesus, then you'll never be the same again. You can never walk the same way you walked before. You see, this is what God calls us. Even in the acts of the apostles, the apostles are encountering the Holy Spirit. And once they encounter the Holy Spirit, do you know what the scripture says? It says that everyone thought and knew that they were under the influence of the Spirit. Now you tell me, when I say the words under the influence, what do you think of? Maybe not the Spirit, or maybe not at least the Holy Spirit. But this is what the scriptures talk about that the fact that when you encounter Jesus when you encounter the Holy Spirit you are under the influence and what does being under the influence mean when I was young my parents had a little boat and my father would take me wake me up at 4 in the morning and say let's go fishing and so we'd go fishing but the only way to get to the boat was to go through A beach but the beach was close to a nightclub area and so we'd walk through the nightclub area now at 10 o'clock at night people would walk through this nightclub area and everyone looked beautiful and pretty and handsome and everyone walked through and they were walking straight and their eyelashes were on so so long that you blink once and you feel the breeze it was amazing everyone looked wonderful and beautiful but when I went at 4 in the morning it was a completely different sight when I went there at 4 in the morning people weren't walking straight their eyelashes were no longer there they weren't wearing their high heels anymore they were in their hands and the guys looked very loud and noisy and dirty at four in the morning, why? you didn't need to explain to me, I was ten years old you didn't need to explain to me that they were under the influence of something but I could tell Because they didn't walk the way they walked at 10 o'clock at night. They didn't talk the way they talked. They didn't look the way they looked at 10 o'clock at night. And this is how it should be when we encounter Jesus. When we encounter Jesus, we should walk away never the same again. That people, we don't need to tell them, but people will know that we have been with Jesus. This is what happened to the wise men. This is what happened to the apostles. And the question I ask you is, are you the same? Have you encountered Jesus? And if you encountered Jesus, how are you different? Can the world recognize that you are under the influence of the Spirit of God?
3: You're listening to The Journey. Music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Oh, beautiful star. You're listening to the journey: music, interviews, and wisdom for living life to the full.
1: Now, wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda.
4: In my mother's big old home, there were two chandeliers: one in the hallway and one in the lounge room. My mother rarely ever turned them on; she preferred to use the lamps that were easier for her to reach. You the electric switch that turned on the chandeliers was just a little bit far away. Also, their light was a little ineffectual because the area they were lighting up was so big. They looked good for sure, but they didn't really do the job. Now she's gone, the house has been stripped, and my sister has taken those chandeliers to my niece and her husband in Scotland. I received a photo of the light fixtures the other day, now happily installed in my niece's small Victorian apartment in Edinburgh. I can't believe how good they look. My mother would be thrilled. Those chandeliers are tailor-made for the old pattern ceiling and the old world feel of that apartment. A miracle of miracles, they give abundant life over there because the area is smaller. They look good and they do good. So often I think we're a bit like those chandeliers. We look at the world and all that is of concern right now, the people locked up in concentration camps in Syria, the plight of the world's refugees, the increased use of ice and other drugs, the list goes on and on. The problems seem so big. We not only don't know where to start to make things better, but even if we did, We consider that our own poor efforts wouldn't and couldn't be enough. How often have you and I heard or asked the question so helplessly, what can I do? It's all so overwhelming. Well, it seems to me that the answer is really very simple. Stop trying to be the chandeliers that light up too big a space. Shine where you are in your own small apartment of life. Do what you can with what's under your very nose. After all, God is content to be the light in the small confines of your heart and soul. Imagine how it would really be if this week each of us decided simply to shine where we are. Now what a light that would be on the world.
0: Thank you so much, there, to Mother Hilda Scott. Who uh, wisdom from the Abbey in this week's segment had a piece that she called chandeliers, remembering the the large ones that were in her mum's home. They do a great job; chandeliers at taking a little bit of light and sending it everywhere. But sometimes we're um, we're called very much to to know what God's asking us to do, and just light up the small compartments, the small vicinities of our our lives. After the break. Father Mark D. Batista is going to talk about the homage of the Gentiles, another reflection on the visit of the Magi as we celebrate what we call the Feast of the Epiphany of the Lord. Being revealed to the to the Gentiles. That's uh, that's after the break. From uh, from Father Mark D. Batista, one of our regular contributors, so grateful to Father Mark. He's doing incredible work in his parish down in uh, in Port Kembla, really embracing a lot of the uh the great ideas coming out of Divine Renovation, having some wonderfully successful Alpha outreaches and just doing great things there. So blessings on him and, and we, we're very grateful to what he contributes to the show. He's after the break. Here's some more music though. We've got some Meredith Andrews coming up, a bit of King and Country after the break with the Little Drummer Boy. And then you'll hear from Father Mark D. Batista. Faith, hope, love and life. We're in a new year. I'm so glad you joined us on the journey.
5: So
3: on the journey, faith, hope, and love for life in all its fullness.
6: Play for you. From. Me and my throne
1: And now our final reflection from our Incarnate Advent and Christmas series. This time it's Father Mark D. Battista and his reflection for this Sunday, the 8th of January, on the Epiphany of the Lord, a reflection he
7: called, We Saw His Star. The manifestation, which means epiphany in Greek, of Jesus Christ to the Gentile world, was an extraordinary event in salvation history, because the Israelites and the Jewish people after them held the popular understanding that the Messiah would bring salvation for them alone. Moreover, this salvation was nothing like the salvation which God actually wanted for them, that is, salvation from sin and life in his Spirit. Hence, the manifestation of Christ to the Gentile world was an astonishing discovery for both Jews and Gentiles as is testified plentifully in the Acts of the Apostles and the subsequent debates in some of the communities founded by Saint Paul. Naturally many of the Gentiles rejoiced at this news, while many of the Jews expressed surprise that God would want to give baptism and the gift of the Spirit even to the Gentiles. Such was the cultural and social separation between the two groups. From this day forward, the recognition and adoration of Jesus by the Magi would set the way in which all future generations would seek the Lord, Quote, in spirit and in truth, Unquote. John chapter 4, verse 24. No longer would the true children of God require membership of a particular racial group, or require circumcision, or require that sacrifice be offered only in Jerusalem rather the epiphany indicates that the light of christ must shine out for the whole world and there god will be worshipped with the sacrifice of his son while the bearers of this light must make disciples of all the nations let us pray may the incarnation of the Son manifested to the world today urge us along our task of spreading the good news. Amen.
0: Thanks so much to Father Mark Dubatista Batista there, who um, has pointed out for us how the epiphany, this this uh, visit of the Magi, clearly indicates that the light of Christ must shine out for the whole world. And we as disciples have got to be bearers of that light for, for all nations. After the break, Trish McCarthy is going to talk to us about the food we put into ourselves, how amazing, miraculous it is, but uh, and also to be conscious of the, the awesomeness of our bodies, the gift of God that's in that. That's after the break. First up, though, here's some Wren Collective for you, We Three Kings. Funnily enough, what a great song to choose. Max Norden, our sound editor, again, focusing is in on the scripture reading for the day, which is all about the visit of the Magi. Trish McCarthy after the break. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. Thanks for joining us this week on The Journey.
8: We Three Kings of Afar, so field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star. Born a king on Bethlehem's plain, call I bring to crown him again, King forever ceasing.
3: Faith, hope, love and life. This is The Journey.
9: And now it's time for Milk and Honey with Trish McCarthy. Have you ever wondered what you're made of? Well, put very simply, we're a masterpiece of chemical elements, minerals and vitamins. There is more to it than this. But for the purpose of today, I want to highlight and maybe even challenge how we fuel our bodies. If a car engine was made for fuel, you wouldn't put dishwashing liquid in it and expect it to run smoothly. However, this is a demand we often place on our bodies, and we wonder why it breaks down. We've been created in magnificent balance of simple elements, most of which are in harmony with the very makeup of our entire universe. Considering our bodies are comprised in the vicinity of between 60 and 70% water, I invite you to write down all the things you've eaten in the last 24 hours. Be honest, no one will see. Now circle all the things that are water-based foods, for example fruits, vegetables, soup, water, but don't include things like coffee or alcohol or soft drinks, due to their negative effect on the water balance in your body. Of the foods you circled, at a glance, what percentage of your daily diet is water-based? 50%? 80%? 10%? Most of us walk around in a state of dehydration, and yet our bodies require water to function at the most basic level. A remarkable thing about our bodies is they are very forgiving. But why not give it some love today, ease the pressure, and include two extra water-rich meals today. Every great journey starts with one small step. This is Trish for your weekly dose of milk and honey.
0: Thanks so much to Trish McCarthy there. Really, really good. Great insights into just the importance of food we put in, the importance of the the liquid that we put into our body, and what a, a miraculous a miraculous thing that we have in the gift of of our bodies. Food in, she called it, giving us clearly the ability to, to give out as well, to be givers from what we're putting in, giving glory to uh, to God, and giving glo- glory glory to God as a disciple. So I trip over my words. Peter Gebora won't. He's a great speaker. He's coming up after the break. He's going to a testimony for us on prayer. First up, some music is uh, Chris Tafari, Here I Am to Worship, and the wonderful Mr. Peter Gabora from Men Alive, rounding out the show for us after the break. Faith, hope, love, and life, that's what we're going to bring you, and we hope that we're doing that as you join us on the journey.
9: This is Mandy from Diamond Creek, Victoria, and you're listening to The Journey.
8: Voices from heaven heard on the earth Angels announcing our Saviour's birth sin will soon be destroyed come to the manger sing with joy dance in the dawn it's a glorious day our deliverer comes as a child in the hay freedom at last darkness is gone come let us dance let us dance in the dawn Through our sky Here to redeem us and Save us from death Here as he cries And takes his first breath Dance in the dawn It's a glorious day Our deliverer Comes as a child In the hay Let us dance in the dark
3: on the journey, faith, hope, and love for life in all its fullness.
1: On the journey, it's time now for another Men Alive segment, and with me, I've got Peter Gabor. Pete, introduce yourself to our audience.
10: Oh, thank you, Max. I'm been married for 27 years. I've got two adult daughters. Um, I've been part of the founding team of Men Alive since 2003, and we've run. An enormous amount of events across Australia and New Zealand and I think the power of Men Alive for me has been seeing the transformation in men. I'm a volunteer for Men Alive, I run a furniture technology business and that keeps me very much close to the coalface and, and connected with other business people and one of the things I, I see in Men Alive that has inspires me continually to be involved is seeing the real transformation in men that that happens through coming together and connecting and staying in brotherhood together, but also in really learning how to pray and develop their relationship with God. It's incremental, you know, you you form a habit and that daily habit over time, transformation happens. And often, personally, when I see or experience transformation in myself, I notice it in the way I react to certain situations. You know, I might have reacted poorly at one time, but over the, over time and through prayer and tra- that internal transformation, something shifts. And I think as men, it's really easy to um, focus on the outer journey. You know, build the building, the projects, the you know, our work, the, the phys- physical, tangible things. Uh, you know, accumulating uh, toys and assets and whatever it is. But I think many men fail to attend to the interior journey, which is about. Not, not what we have, um, but it's about who we become. And I think that's, that's the making of a, a real man is, is, fo- is working on that interior journey, being intentional about that. And who you become is much more important than what you have.
1: Okay. and obviously, as part of that, it's about prayer life. We've already in, in previous segments, guys have talked about the concept of soap, the, uh, Scripture observation, application, and prayer, but you also focus in Men Alive on developing prayer attitude. you want to explain that a bit more? Yeah, I think,
10: you know, it's an attitude to, you know, like I used to see a spiritual director many, many years ago, an old Jesuit priest, and he would say to me, Peter, where have you been? And I'd think, oh, like I've been here, there, and everywhere. But what he was saying was, where has your heart been? And what has been the attitude of your heart? And I think, Prayer provides an opportunity for reflection. You know, we often fail to reflect. We're busy doing the next thing, and I'm, I'm a—you know—I can be incredibly task-oriented. I like, there's a great satisfaction in getting things done, and not always taking that time to review. Uh, prayer provides that uh, opportunity to to really look back and review what's happening. And I think it's that interior journey of, of saying well, where have, have I been, where has my heart been, has, has it been, have I been open to seeing the action of God, am I open to inviting God into the pots and pans of my life, you know, like am I inviting God into my decision making processes because that's what becomes powerful, you know, like sometimes I think I know how to make all the decisions in my life but when I engage God in that process and ask for that eternal wisdom, Often I end up making sometimes different decisions, but much, much better decisions with better outcomes.
1: To wrap up, if you could sum up in just one or two words, what's Men Alive done for you?
10: Men Alive has been a key point in my personal growth, my interior journey. Uh, It's surrounded me with men of incredible quality and great brothers. And it's just, it's transformed my life.
1: Fantastic. If you'd like to know more about Men Alive, it's menalive.org.au.
10: Pete, thanks for being on the journey. Thanks for having me, Max.
5: From heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne
0: Boys was the song that uh, rounded out the show, King of Kings. Hasn't he got a great voice there? Peter Gabor, he's a, he's a champion fella. He was our last Godspot input for the day. Testimony on prayer he gave us and, and really looking at where our heart is in relation to God and how daily prayer is so important in letting us understand the will of God, letting us listen to the voice of God, and figuring out where our heart is in relation to Him. And we have come to the end of what I hope has been a really worthwhile set of God spots from all of our wonderful presenters, some great music to, uh, to lift your hearts and to, to celebrate all of the great things that are going to be part of a new year, maybe some of the challenges that will be part of a new year, but trusting in God nevertheless each step of the way. So thanks to Peter Gabor, thanks to Trish McCarthy, Father Mark Dubatista, Batista, Mother Hilda Scott, and. Father Rob Galea right at the start of the show who kicked us off with the, uh, with the Gospel Reflection, which we get courtesy of Mass at Home because um, we also record that in our little diocese. Dan Hopper and Jeremy Ewan who do a great job making sure that goes out in Southern Cross 10 and YouTube and Fox and wherever else. So many people put it on. It's, it's seen by tens of thousands of people each week. We will be doing it all again next week. Thanks to Max Norden, who uh, does a remarkable job in getting this show up and running. Big thank you and cheerio to all of our partnering radio stations right around the country, so many of them, and to all of their listeners, and to the many, many people who get this show via jcr.org.au and via various streaming services. We trust and pray and hope that it is benefiting lots of people and their lives and their journey of discipleship. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you have been on the
1: journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norton from the Office of the Bishop in the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.